York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. End of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. Yours truly, Curtis Lewa. Here to take you on your lunchtime extravaganza. After the Bill O'Reilly 15-minute update Monday through Fridays from 12.15 to 1. It's a rip and reading commentary as you munch your lunch. I don't take any calls now. I will be taking them overnights as I substitute for Frank Morano, And then continue on into the weekend when it's a call-driven show. But let's get right down to it because remember it was just a few weeks ago. That we were talking apocalypse now. Give me that song, please, underneath. I need that motivation. Keep it nice. And that's it. A few weeks ago, it was apocalypse now. We were being warned that there was a potential attempt to drop the big one right on the Empire State Building, the epicenter of activity in the tri-state area. And that there were threats from the internal mechanism of uh, Putin's Putin's Politburo. And they wanted to drop the big one here. This way they could spread fear, fright, hysteria, and hype, which they did because, unfortunately for us, our mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plan to deal with the crime, overreacted, and through the Office of Emergency Management, they immediately rushed to put out warnings about what to do. We'll get to those momentarily because I'm sure they've dusted them off, resurrected after people are laughing about it. How in 90 seconds could you tell us how to avoid nuclear annihilation and incineration? Well, now we have another reason to add addendums because the Ayatollahs in Iran have said they will build nukes and they will turn us here in New York City into a hellish ruin. We mess with the Ayatollahs, they say. We come back. We destroy New York City with our nuclear payloads. And the question has to be asked, why New York City? There are a lot of other big cities in America. Well, it always comes down to the fact that whether you were Ramsey Youssef, mastermind of the first World Trade Center attack in 1992, or you're the Ayatollahs, your rationale is, hey, we're going to drop the bomb there because there's lots of Jews. Right? Makes sense to me because they never stop. Remember, Israel to them is the little Satan and we're the big Satan. So let me give you the nitty-gritty details. There is a two-minute video that claims that Iran already has missiles capable of turning New York into hellish lumps of burning ash. And the elite Iranian Quds Force has said that they would be more than happy to actually help drop the bomb on us in retaliation for President Donald Trump's order, you remember, to totally annihilate and incinerate General Soleimani. Remember the head of Iran's elite assassin team? Yeah, he did it right outside of Iraq's Baghdad airport, and there was no retaliation. But now the theory is that the Iranians, through their agents, possibly come across the border as porous as it is, Not just the Mexican border, but actually the Canadian border. A lot easier to get into the country because there's like no security at the Canadian border whatsoever. 
and that some Iranian agent is walking around with a shmata on his head with a dirty bomb in a suitcase. Dirty bombs, very difficult to detect. I don't think we have the capacity, if in fact this rumor is true, to do an intervention. But if all else fails, leave it to the Organization of Emergency Management because once again they're ramping up to tell us exactly what we have to do. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Now, wait a second. What are we going to do? That's why we're listening to you. I have no way to know when, where, or how, but we're going to listen to this woman. What are her credentials? Is she just sort of standing there at this uh, chalkboard with a uh, ruler in her hand guiding us through a process that she knows absolutely Jack Diddley Squad nothing about? Of course, listen to warning number one. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Now, hold on a second. Unless I'm so discombobulated, what the hell happens if I happen to be on the Bell Parkway and the bomb is dropped, the warning signals have gone off? There are no buildings in that immediate proximity. And think of it now. Imagine if you got out of your car. You go into a building. Can I see your vaccine passport? I, I left it at home. You know, it was in my, in my work desk. No, you can't come in this building unless I see your vaccine passport. Yeah, but I can vote without showing any, any identification. Doesn't matter. You're coming into this building. You know, the big one just dropped. Doesn't matter. Rules are rules. So strike one on warning number one. Let's go to warning number two. Step two. Stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Now let me get this straight. If I happen to be outside when the big one is set off, I need to take all my clothes off like I'm a nudist and run around buck naked because of the danger that I could be actually spreading nuclear fallout. And that if I am permitted to come into a building after showing my personal ID, my vaccine passport, that I must bury myself into the bowels, into the center of that building. You know, this makes no sense. Do we have a third advisory, please? Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right? You've got this. Wait a second. Sign up for that website. The three days in a row crashed when they were trying to tell people where they could get their monkeypox vaccine. Three days in a row it crashed. Now, you know if the big one hits... That whole system is going to be incinerated. No, instead, you have to depend on WABC. Our Tower of Power in Lodi has been designated the federal point of the dissemination of information. In fact, at that moment, the president of the United States, I'd rather it not be him, Joe Biden, in his basement there in Delaware. 
Uh, or Giggles Harris. No, I'd rather it not be her. Maybe we could get some nondescript individual from the Pentagon to warn all of us what we should do. But this is crazy. Now, all of a sudden, because Iran has warned that they will complete the building of their nukes and turn New York City into hellish ruins, we got to go old school. We can't depend on these new Jacks and Eric Adams, the swagger man who has no plan. Let's go back to duck and cover. Duck and cover. Be sure and remember what Bert the Turtle just did, friends, because every one of us must remember to do the same thing. That's what this film is all about. Duck and cover. Paul and Patty know this. No matter where they go or what they do, they always try to remember what to do if the atom bomb explodes right then. It's a bomb. Duck and cover. Sundays, holidays, vacation time, we must be ready every day, all the time, to do the right thing if the atomic bomb explodes. Duck and cover. That's the first thing to do. Duck and cover. First, you duck. Then, you cover. You duck and cover tight. Duck and cover under the table. Okay, we get it. We all grew up with that. We all have that steeped into our mindset. Duck and cover. So Ayatollahs, you come for us. We're prepared to duck and cover. We're not listening to the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams, and the Organization of Emergency Management. We're going old school. Duck and cover. And to add insult to injury, it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. The Organization of Emergency Management just released a bizarre list of the things that you should have with you in a swag bag. So it's not just get inside and stay inside. You got to have your go bag, your swag bag in the event of a massive evacuation. So you got to make sure that for the kids or the grandchildren, you have children's backpacks filled with homework for them, toys, Nintendo switches, Game Boy consoles, a puzzle, a teddy bear, a rubber ducky, a video game, controllers, rulers, and, of course, a scarf. Really? And actually, for the adults, you've got to have a backpack of basic essentials, including food, water, first aid kits, and copies of your personal documents. Wait a second. We're in a sanctuary city here in New York City. We don't have to show our papers to nobody. You think the illegal aliens crossing the border now where Papa Chula, Joe Biden, saying, Andale, Andale. And they're coming to New York City. They don't have to show papers. So if all of a sudden a big one drops, how are they going to show papers that they don't have? And in league with all of that, to show you how serious these uh, ayatollahs in Tehran and Iran are, the lead story is there's an Iranian journalist who lives on Rutland Road in Brooklyn. She is a dissident. She has been dissing the Ayatollahs and talking about their totalitarian dictatorship and their repressive techniques against anyone who complains. They get stuck in the gulag. In fact, just last year, this woman was sitting there in her home preparing her journalistic expose on the Iranians, and they tried to kidnap her. That's right. They sent their vaunted quad squad to take her from her home, transport her to South America, and then fly her back to Iran. Luckily, the FBI interceded and moved her to a safe house in that interim. You know what this reminds me of? Remember when the Mossad in 1960 went to the Argentine part of South America 
They were looking for the mastermind, the mass murderer for Hitler, Adolf Eichmann. And one of the Jewish Mossad agents knew only three words, three words in Spanish. Un, mo, un momento, senor. And so Eichmann was coming out of the Mercedes-Benz plant at that time, and he looked at the Mossad agent, he clipped him in the head, he threw him in the back of the car, they took him to a safe house, they sweat him down, they got the information, they drugged him, put him on a plane, and next thing you know, he was on trial in Israel, eventually to be executed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, these are the kinds of things that go on. We think, oh, it's just, you know, a part of a Netflix special. No, you had some Gavon just the other day going on the porch of this woman's house again on Rutland Road in Brooklyn. A guy named Khalid Medyaved. Man, it sounds to me like it could be a Russian guy. And he was looking in the house. He had an AK-47 fully loaded in his car. In fact, it was an Audi. And he wanted to shoot and kill Masi Alenjad the female journalist, the dissident against the Iranians. It just so happens that he was on video. You know, they had ringtone, got the video. And what do you think the NYPD and the FBI are saying? Well, right now, we're not necessarily sure what his intention was. We obviously have him in custody. He did have a loaded AK-47. We pulled him over at about 3 o'clock on the corner of Dorchester Road and Rugby Road after he went through a stop sign. What a schmuck, right? And he was driving with a suspended license. What a lame hit, man. Police said they later found other documentation that might actually tie him to the Iranians' attempt to put a hit on this Iranian dissident right in our backyard in Brooklyn. And in fact, when they secured that AK-47 out of the trunk of his car fully loaded, the serial numbers on the weapon had been deleted. The plot thickens here, ladies and gentlemen, with the Iranians threatening to let off one of their nuclear weapons, which we know they've been developing, right on top of all of us because it's a place they know they can kill more Jews than almost anywhere else. Know that our city is ready. Our Office of Emergency Management is working morning, noon, and night to issue more of these PSAs. That's right, 90-second PSAs to tell you don't stay in your car, run into a building, take all your clothes off, act like a crazy person. And then you ask a simple question, how am I going to get into buildings if I don't have ID or my vaccine passport? Don't worry about it. You'll be okay. I prefer the old school way, ladies and gentlemen. We baby boomers drilled every day during the Cold War when Nikita Khrushchev said he would bury us. And what did we do at a certain point in the day? Duck and cover under our desk. We grabbed the cheeks of our tukas. We put our head down there and we kissed and hoped that we would be alive. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh. 
It's a lunchtime edition here at WABC featuring Sugar Hill, Rapper's Delight. Let me hear that music, maestro. Hotel, no tell, Holiday Inn. And it ain't Holiday Inn Express, that's for sure. And it's the perfect lead-in story here as you're munching and crunching your lunch to know what's going on with those no-tell motels and they ain't a Holiday Inn Express up in the Bronx. How many times have you passed by a number of these hot sheet motels, one hour in, one hour out, and wonder, how the hell do they stay in business? I'm sure some of you out there on the slide have taken your gumada, your girlfriend, or maybe even your wife for a hot night out, not in the Bronx, to the Wheeler Hotel. To the Crown Motor Inn on Boston Road. To the Friendly Motor Inn on East Gun Hill Road. The Van Cortland Motel on Broadway. And the Sheridan Hotel on Sheridan Boulevard. Man, you do not want to be in these dives. It's Roach Motels, but you're only there. One in, one hour in, one hour out. A hot sheet motel. And this is how the shakedown takes place. You meet this hot woman on Facebook. And she says, you want a date? And you say, oh, yeah. You're like all slobbering all over yourself. And she tells you where to meet her. At which one of these no-tell motels, and it ain't a Holiday Inn Express, you go in and she says, hold on, sweetheart. Before we copulate and fornicate, you got to take a shower. And the schlub, the suckers fall for it every time as if it's a scene out of Hustlers in which Ramona J-Lo, now known as Jennifer Quack Quack Aflac, and Cardi B are pulling that nine mil, putting it down your throat and saying, oh, you got money from Wall Street? Would you like your wife to get some pictures of what you're doing here in the no-tell motel, not Holiday Inn Express? Great movie, Hustlers. Great movie, but this is in real life. So these schlubs, these guys show up, and the next thing you know, a guy and a gal come in with nine millimeters, put it to their head, strip them down, buck naked, take everything in their life, take pictures of them, and then you know what they say? We know who you are. We know where you live. We checked your Facebook profile. You got three kids, right? You got a wife. You got a good-paying job. You tried to snack on this honey here. They point to the woman. And they say, if you ever, if you ever call 911, if you don't know the code, snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. We're going to deliver this package of these photos to your wife or your gumada and then try to explain this. Imagine be like Ricky Ricardo trying to explain to Lucy. Anyway, enough of that uh, music, because uh, now, after warning all the guys out there who could easily be lured in by the honey traps, and the honey traps are all over the place. I mean, why would you go to a dive like that to begin with? What kind of idiots are you? Oh, there are plenty, because they think with the muscle below their navel and not the muscle between their ears. But here is Michelle Mybell. As you know, I have made many appearances on Jesse Waters on the Fox News channel at night because of Michelle McKelly, who has described herself as a professional booster, a professional shoplifter. What Michelle is known for in Manhattan is that she will go into a Dwayne Reed, a CBS, a Walgreens. She loves Old Navy. She loves Target. She goes to the cashier. She says, I'm here, Michelle. Where is my D.A. Alvin Bragg swag bag? I promise I'm only here to loot 
less than $1,000 worth of apparel or goods, and I won't shoot. But I don't know what happened. After 128 arrests in which he was caught, catched, and released with disappearance tickets, even having missed 29 court appearances only to be released again and again and again, I think she forgot to take her liquid Prozac. She goes into the Dwayne Reed. She gets caught by the store detective. And then the police show up. And she gets into a fight with the police. She thought she was the fabulous moolah from the old WWF. She's slamming and jamming the cops. This time they said, you're not going to do what that guy did to our cop on 125th Street, that 16-year-old thug, and think you're going to get out. You're an adult. $25,000 bail. But you know what? If she ponies up 5000 in cash... She'll be sprung to do it again. I just don't know what got over Michelle Maybell. And then when it comes to uh, boosting and shoplifting, front page headlines of Sunday's New York Post said it all. You saw that spam in a can. When you're down on your luck, when you're living like a hobo or a hillbilly, oftentimes you may only have enough money to get a can of spam. Or you get a little box of saltine crackers and you have that armor meat spread, right? You open it up and you go, oh, God, this will kill me, but I got to eat it to survive. Or if you're really upgrading it, it's the uh, armor Vienna sausages. Oh, you get a little toothpick. Oh, you're riding high then. Every one of these products now is behind plastic. So if all of a sudden you want... The spam in the can. If you want the armor meat spread, if you want the Vienna sausages, you have to wait for the announcement of the cashier. Help wanted in aisle four, please. Help wanted in aisle four. The woman or the man's got to come with a keys. They look like superintendents of buildings now. They have so many keys. They got to unlock the plastic in order to give you your spam in a can, your uh, armor Vienna sausages. And the meat spread that I so detest. And you know who was responsible for all of this? We hate him, we loathe him, we despise him. Oh, he was on his way to possibly becoming governor of the state of New York. Let me read, read you his obituary. No, he's not dead. I mean, we've wished that he would die and go away. But his name is the infamous Todd Kaminsky from Nassau County. He finally decided I've had it. He is the author of the no-cash bill. He and he alone, and I'll tell you why. He has decided to go into the private sector. Maybe he'll just leave the country, I hope. As the state senator in the 9th District, remember who he replaced, the Udiscraziata, Dean the Greek Skelos, who as Republican leader ended up going to the lockup because his son, wouldn't even show up for a no-show job, not even once. Not even once to have a cup of coffee and read uh, Newsday. Please, he told his son, Dean Skeller, I got you a no-show job. They just need you to show up once. Dad, I'm not going. So he ended up doing time as a result of that. So here was Todd Kaminsky. He made his bones in the Queen's DA's office. He then became a U.S. assistant attorney in the Eastern District for six years. He had the reputation of being a crime fighter. He parlayed that into becoming the New York State Assemblyman in Nassau County. And as the rising star in a very heated election, a special election, to take the place of that crook, Dean the Greek Skelos, he barely beat 
barely beat the Republican McGrath. And in April 2016, he was a state senator. People were telling Todd, you could be governor. Yeah, you could be governor, man. You Look at your resume. And then all of a sudden, the AOCs of the world, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, and all their cronies in the, um, in the state Senate and in the state assembly, where they have an overwhelming majority, they said, Todd, you're bulletproof. You got a right to legislation for no cash bail. Todd said... I don't need no stinking cops to help me or prosecutors or DAs because I've been a prosecutor. I've been a DA. I've known cops since I was growing up in Nassau County. I'll write the legislation. This guy singularly destroyed our state. And then he had the chutzpah, the Weibos, the hubris that determined he was going to run for Nassau County District Attorney, and the red wave came in. I mean, it was a tidal wave. And the Republicans smoked him by like 20%. The voters turned out and gave the finger to Todd Kaminsky. They continued to salute him in the malls and the streets when he's driving up to a, a, a red light. Immediately, the Todd Kaminsky salute is out there, led by our own Bernard McGirt, who hates this guy, loathes him, despises him. Now he's leaving the state Senate. Hopefully he will leave our state. He will leave our country. He will just no longer be a stain on our consciousness. Speaking of elected officials who think that they are above the law, do as I say, not as I do. You might have been looking at Jersey City. The headlines over the weekend now. The most overpriced city in America. Rents are higher in Jersey City than anywhere in the country. Higher than San Francisco. Higher than New York City. As a result of that, watch all the homeless that will be assembling in the streets along Columbus Way, the Exchange Place, up uh, <laughs> where all the hipsters and millennials live. The average price... To rent an apartment in Jersey City is $5,800, a total ripoff. There is a councilwoman who decided that she would defy all the driving rules of Jersey City. And she went through an intersection, which was at Forest Street and Martin Luther King Drive last week. Amy DeGeese, and she smashed into this bicyclist, turned him into a speed bump, Continued to roll on, didn't even stop. She left the scene of an accident, right? That's a crime. You should be arrested. But, oh, no, she said, I am your elected official. You can't touch this. And Fulop, the mayor, right, you know, formerly from Goldmine Sachs. Why is everybody in New Jersey politics originally from Goldmine Sachs? There was Corazine, the chipmunk. There's uh, Murphy, half in the bag, the uh, governor who calls all of you knuckleheads. And now there's Steve Fulop. Well, many of her colleagues were saying, you must resign. You must do the right thing. Resign. You left the scene of the accident, and you know what she did? She stood up in the well of that city council. She goes, how dare you? On July 18th of 1969, United States Senator of Massachusetts, Ted Kennedy, while driving that black Oldsmobile with Mary Jo Kopechny in the back, went off that bridge swam to the motel, went to sleep for 10 hours, then reported that there might be a woman in the back seat who drowned. 
And do you know something? Nothing happened to him. He went on to run for president of the United States. He left the scene of the accident. And all the Democrats, crooked as they are in Hudson County, said, oh, my God. She brought up the name Kennedy. What are we going to do now? <laughs> oh, my God. Lock her up. Lock her up. And in Jersey now, beware. You know, we talk speed cameras here in the five boroughs. I'm going to give an update on that because they're whirling and churning 24-7, 365. They're meant not to keep you safe as pedestrians, as bicyclists, as commuters in your cars, vans, your pickup trucks, your 18-wheel tractor trailers. They're just there to raise revenue. But what has not been given the same attention is what takes place in Jersey. You see, I prioritize New Jersey because I know, I look at the analytics that per capita, per person, we have more people live, listening to us in the state of New Jersey. And it's been that way going back to the days of the King of Talk Radio, Bob Grant, and his uh, public appearances and his uh, live broadcast from the great Rio Diner. Remember? Teddy and his family would welcome all of us. Well, guess what? They're clipping you in New Jersey, and it started last Thursday. A 30-day speeding ticket frenzy orchestrated by Governor Murphy, half in the bag, who's once again away all summer long at his palazzo, his mansion in Italy, to the tune of $28 million. But there will be 50 state troopers. They're already on duty at all times patrolling the nine main intersections and highways. If you're five miles above the speed limit, they're going to write you a ticket. And every state trooper has been told, you will write a ticket every 10 to 20 minutes. That is, that is your quota. They have issued 30 brand-new unmarked Crown Victoria cruises, and they are giving the state troopers all the overtime that they can handle. So if you happen to be in New Jersey, or you're from New Jersey, or New York, or Delaware, or Connecticut, and you're rolling through the most trafficked state in the nation, New Jersey, with the Turnpike, the Garden State Parkway, Atlantic City Expressway, and I-78, 287, 80, 95, 295, 195, 280, Route 130. Beware. They're also jacking up the fines from $44 to $171 as of August 15th if you don't have your documents in your car. And then also $180 if they catch you on your cell phone. You see, we don't just report the news here during your lunchtime edition of the Curtis Lewis Show here on WABC. We do PSAs. We don't want you to have your pockets picked. We want you to improve, not move. But we know that actions like this in New Jersey are just going to speed up the exodus. And now here in the five boroughs, beware. You have 2,000 speed cameras that as of last night at 12 midnight, when I came on to substitute for Frank Morano, as I'm doing all week uh, long on the other side of midnight from 1 to 5 in the morning, they started taking those pictures, popping those pictures. And I know you're saying, well, I thought it was only during the work week, you know, Monday through Fridays, and then at dusk, uh, the speed cameras were off. Wrong. They're now on 24 hours a day. And you can't get in on your way, but a lot of you have the old GPS, you know, the old, uh, the old uh, speed cameras. They would warn you every 500 feet, speed camera, speed camera. The new cameras, no. They're not on the wave system. So you're going to get a lot of drivers who are looking to their right as they drive on the left, and it's going to lead to more fender benders, more crashes. That's why in 2014, the courts of New Jersey turned on Shamu 
Lefe, Chris Christie, the governor, and said, no, no more speed cameras. You take every freaking speed camera down. If you have to find a letter, a ladder and jelly belly your way up there and take them down. Jersey has no speed cameras. Why are we stuck with it in New York City? For one reason, one reason alone. It's a hidden tax, a hidden fee, a statement to all of you when they put congestion pricing in that they don't want you here. So lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, they're basically telling you, why don't you get the hell out of here, pack your bags, pay your final round of taxes, hidden fees, and just go down to Florida, DeSantis land, please. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Yeah, working class hero, right? Working class hero, Mike Tukas. Hey, where are you, Bruce, out there? I'll never call your boss. I'll call your farmer Springsteen as you write off your property taxes for your homegrown, right? In the backyard. What are you growing? Maui, Waui, Hindu, Kush, writing it off on your property taxes. Man, grew up on the other side of the tracks, right? Freehold, and then became a one percenter in Rumson. And then he jacked up those rates for their concert tour, the East Street Band. They haven't been on tour since 2016. So, so many of you are desperate for Bruce. Like Chamu, LFA, Chris Christie, who's a masochist. Oh, I'll pay anything. I'll take a payday loan. Uh, I'll take a reverse mortgage. Are you all schmucks and putzes? $5,000 tickets, $1,000 tickets. We're heading into a Joe Biden recession. You may lose your job. Oh, I got to see Bruce. You know, I may become a hobo eating spam and... uh, all those products I got to get in uh, Dwayne Reed now out of the plastic glass with a key. Well, let me give you the update. Bruce refuses to explain why he is extorting money from his many fans since he just sold his uh, library of music for $550 million. Does he really need the money? So acting as the spokesperson for the E Street Band, live from the Sopranos with a schmata on his head, Stevie Van Zandt, don't ask me any questions. I don't want to answer. You know, we're capitalists. We're cap- hey, you said you were a socialist. You said you were a Democrat. You said you were a liberal, right? Of course not. And, you know, some of the sickle fans, toadies and lackeys and groupies of the Boss Springsteen have said, please, we'll pay whatever money you want for tickets, but please cancel your concerts in anti-abortion states. Please. Ah, litmus test here. Will Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Van Zandt, with the schmata on his head, don't ask me about the prices anymore. Will they now cancel their concerts in the anti-abortion states? Forget these guys, man. They played you like suckers. I want to go to the guys who've had their last roundup of late. We saw Elton John at 75, right, performing at MetLife, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. He's canceling in his chips a few more stops, and he's hanging up those glitter glasses. And then I heard one of the best interviews of all time here at WABC by Cindy Adams. That's right, Sunday, 1 to 2. She's 92 years old, and she was interviewing Gene Simmons of KISS. That's right. Kiss Army, it's the last time around. Gene Simmons announced 
And he and the boys, that's it, one world tour, they're hanging it up. He's 72. And you know what Cindy Adams asked him? How long is your tongue? Can I measure your tongue? By the way, I see you've insured your tongue for a million dollars. And then Gene said, yeah, you know, when I'm on Houston Street in the Lower East Side, I'm a, you know, I'm not at a dairy kosher joint. I'm at Katz's Deli. You know what I ordered for lunch? Tongue. What a great interview. You got to go to the podcast for the Cindy Adams incredible interview of Gene Simmons, who, as you know, has better down share. How old is she in her 70s? Oh, and Diana Ross. And he was flirting. Oh, yeah, he was flirting with Cindy Adams. You got to check it out. And then finally, a tribute to maybe what many people say. It's the greatest of all time. The GOAT, Rick Flair. Oh, ah. Nature boy Ric Flair at 73. From the days when, remember, he was in the AWA, the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard. Remember that? I mean, look, he wasn't the greatest in my mind. It will always be Bruno Sammartino. But you can make the case that Ric Flair is the best entertainment since Gorgeous George influenced Muhammad Ali when he was a kid in Louisville And he began to watch professional wrestling, and he says, I want to be just like that guy. Well, the protege of Gorgeous George was Ric Flair. He was bloody. He was bruised. He's had, like, heart attacks. He's had stems. But he went into the ring one last time. And against Jeff Jarrett, all bloodied and bruised, he raised his hand as the winner. And I just want to thank Ric Flair for all the great entertainment he gave so many of us over the years, in and out of the professional wrestling ring. 